ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sensi Brewcast. Uh, as I've said every show for the last like three months, you probably know that already, though, because you clicked on it. And I don't think I really need to tell you what you're listening to. But here you are, Sensi Brewcast, the I think the only podcast that only talks about Cincinnati beer. Um, definitely the best podcast that only talks about Cincinnati beer. <laughs> it's kind of a biased opinion, though. Um, we're in studio. Hold up in my basement. Uh, the last time I think I did a show from the Gnarly Gnome Tavern, uh, my basement flooded at the end of the show, and that kind of sucked. So hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. As soon as I walked out of work, uh, Craft Beer Joe, are you Raging Hop or are you just Josh now? How does that oh, work? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so I guess I still have a, persona- or a persona. Personality? What am I, what am I saying? Um I don't know. You can call me Raging Hop, but I'm also Josh, so it's complicated. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Um, for you know, Joe, you you were on not that long ago. It was what like Aprilish, yep. springish. Yeah, we'll, we'll call spring. it springish. It was raining, so I'm gonna yeah. say spring. Josh, it's been a lot longer for you, but yeah, uh, the last one was probably when we were in your basement. Talk uh, that was. Was yeah, that I think the last one? you were on very briefly at Oh Jungle Gems. Uh, Jungle Gems, the yeah. uh, the Barrel Age Beer Bash, which was also a Craft yeah. Beer Joe show. Craft Beer Joe show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it rhymes at words. It's the Craft Beer Joe show. Copyright it stats. <laughs> Amazing. Um uh, so in studio shows are kind of loose. Like we kind of have a couple things I know that we all want to talk about, but uh, we're just going to start drinking some beer and kind of roll with it. And uh, if we run out of beer, there's plenty of beer down here. Uh, if we run out of that beer, there's booze, and we'll just start drinking booze and still talking. So. And then you're going to find us in the basement will, tomorrow morning. Oh I got to go to work yeah. in the morning, man. <laughs> nah. It's um, Friday. So let's start drinking something. Uh, somebody, I mean, we should probably, I guess, start with Mellowship since in front of us, that's probably the lightest thing. But, um, and that's kind of starts a very nice, short little conversation about what's going on with them. Uh, when we're recording this, Fretboard is doing their first package release um, this weekend. When you're listening to this, it already happened. <laughs> However, there's probably, there's, there's probably going to be some Mellowship kind of sitting around for a little bit um, if you didn't make it. So. And oh. that's your history lesson for the day. That's right. This is what happened uh, happened. last weekend, depending on... Here, go ahead and pour these since... Ooh, all right. Um, so, have you guys had Mellowship yet? I have. I have so, not. Oh. Um, we have a newbie. So, it's... I, I don't know if Actually, it says the style on there. It is a India-style session pilsner. So, India session pilsner is this new... I don't know if it's... Maybe I have had it. I uh, they, they have There's a couple so of them. Beers. So they have a couple oh, okay. of them. So it started, I think, with Centerfield, mm-hmm. um, which they did, I guess it was just this spring. Yeah. Was that one? Yep. Um, I'd say early spring because they released it. For baseball season. Well, yeah, baseball season um, for the Reds. Um, that was the first one. It's this. The idea is to create a light, easy-drinking Pilsner that also has the characteristics of a session IPA. Um, it uses noble hops though, instead of those big, you know, citrusy American hops, it gets, it gets a fun beer. I, I, you know, I, I know everybody kind of 
rolls her eyes when they read the style and like, that's not a real thing. And I'm like, well, I mean, it is now. Like that's <laughs> well, isn't that what craft beer is all about? You just exactly. kind of make it up and it tastes good. So it's now a thing. By the way, do you know how hard it is to pour a crowler into little taster <laughs> glasses? That's why I passed it <laughs> I off got to a, you. <laughs> I got a bunch on my legs. So. Just hold it over that's, the floor. That's, that's the, the angel chair. <laughs> yeah, but th- this is an interesting style. I mean, there are, their approach here is let's provide people with what they want. They want an easy drinking, low ABV beer, but people are more in tune with wanting hop flavored beers than they ever have been. So this is kind of that nice middle ground where it gives people both of those things. Well, and, and one of the things that I love so much about fretboard is this like respect for traditional styles without being like, ah, we don't need to do those newfangled, you know, American things. It's it's this this really cool combination between the two. Like you walk in there and they've got a killer Marzen on tap right now. Um, it is rocking good. the Rhine, <laughs> and then good. they've got that on tap right next to um, what is the Fuji, which is uh, French toast. You know, like it's, it's, it's yeah. yeah, like it's it, they have like this really cool like mixture of things on the tap board, and this is a mixture of those two things in one beer. Like it's it, they're that that floral earthy hop thing that you know, everybody kind of ignores now because everybody wants these big citra hops and things like that. And I'm, I think this is such a it's, fun style. It's beer that tastes like beer. Like <laughs> who would have thought people would like that after, <laughs> right, right. you know, the new England IPA for, uh, you know, huge, you know, blow up of that. And, um, you look at, you know, all the sours and stuff like that. And, you know, you look at the success of all these breweries now that are, you know, focusing or not necessarily focusing, but they're coming out with all these like, beer tasting beers like as uh, coming back the have a drink show calls it beer ass beer i believe yes, <laughs> <laughs> um that, that is not what this is though like this is not one of those beers that's just light and easy drinking oh that's to be just sure. that it is it's complex it's crisp it's got that earthy nice kind of i don't know it's, it's a pilsner it's an amazing pilsner it's <laughs> it it, it it's it's a hoppy pilsner though like it's still like those hops sit right in the front and um it doesn't it's not looking for i don't want to say it's not looking for balance because that makes it sound like it's it's flawed somehow but there's nothing about this that is striving for um some kind of harmonious balance of everything like it's just no this is it's 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 a session IPA that's not a session IPA like it's you know those hops are right in your face yeah and a lot of the newer styles kind of get a bad rap sometimes because they're the same flavor throughout like you just mentioned Fuji which is the French toast brown ale when you drink that it tastes the same at the beginning as it does the end every sip of this beer you get hops up front and then it finishes like a traditional pilsner so you get this kind of like range of flavor in every single sip that you take the new styles normally don't do that. So that's what's really kind of unique about this is you get that's that complexity that you talk about that. Right. It's not one note. You get a few different things happening. Yeah, I'm I'm digging this beer a lot. And uh, I hope that the packaging is a thing we're going to see on a regular basis. I, I cannot for the life of me think that it's not something that's on their mind of we would love to have this on shelves on a regular basis. I don't know if they're you know set up for that yet, but um, I'm sure it's on their mind. Yeah, but this is the type of beer that would do well in packaging. Yes. It's the type of beer people would want in a six-pack to take home, drink at night after dinner. Again, easy drinking. It's not going to 
you know, cause any problems for you, but you're going to enjoy the flavor profile that you get. And, you know, we're talking about these two different sides of what fretboard's doing. Um, this weekend, the releases right alongside their Natty Dread, which is their um, big imperial stout, I think 10% loaded with toasted coconut and and uh, cocoa nibs. And <laughs> it's uh, the, that big, giant, bold American um, craft beer. This is the thing that, you know, kind of um, craft beer people kind of go nuts for, I guess. But they're also putting that in cans instead of bottles, which I love. <laughs> yes, they are. Yep. <laughs> and packaging it in like these little burlap sacks, which... I thought that was cool. Um, I, you know, totally unnecessary, but also but, cool. But I, I, I appreciate, you know, when when Kevin was with Taft's and they did their first bottle release, it was Old Wooden Tooth. Right, which in the bo- nice box. It was in a wooden and- box. The label was made out of wood. It had a little wooden flag on it. It was just incredible yeah. packaging. Or like you look at uh, Braxton's like Dark Charge, right. like the the higher end ones like where they did the uh the 23 one a couple years ago and that nice box that like folds out uh-huh. like, oh my gosh i, I still have that I think, on my shelf um, <laughs> I, yeah i've got i don't know where it's sitting around here somewhere i think it's in my office over there but um you know like you need to you know packaging is packaging it's it's one thing to put you know your your, your core stuff on a shelf in a six pack and um a lot of people are going to walk by it and the if you want to do something special, do something special. And that's, um, I like seeing stuff like that. Yes. It's a little, little bit extra. It probably costs a little bit extra for you to buy it after that. And that gets factored into it. But you know what? I, if I'm, if I'm going to go to a beer release, I'm okay by spending a little bit extra for something. that's a little bit more special. So, right. Or how many times you've gone to a beer release and bought the, the glass to go with right, it at right. like mad tree or, you know, mm-hmm. wherever, you know, did you, so. speaking of that, did, um, <clears throat> did you see the glasses they did when they first released their, uh, what, what is their their series with the uh, the, the IPA? Trunk series? No, no, oh. no. The um, oh, oh, oh. The uh, uh, sensory, no, sensory? sensorium, sensorium like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The multicolored. Yeah, yeah. The, the first release they did with that had glassware with it. That was these hand blown glasses that were just they were they were gorgeous. They were amazing, and they only had you know like a hundred of them or something that they were releasing. And of course, there was something I had to do that day, and I couldn't go. <laughs> I'm like, man, like you know, this is this is those things that you need. Like, it's not just the beer that people are going for they're going for some other experience somehow so no that's really important too and i think fretboard gets it and a number of other people get it beer releases are a big deal but you have to give people a reason to show up beyond the beer and i know that sounds crazy but it's really true right i mean whether it's hey this brewery offers a really good line share or they're making us free breakfast whatever it is there's always an angle that gets people to show up and and i think you know special packaging is one of those things Somebody else that's been really good about trying to think of new ways to think of that lately is uh, 50 West, mm-hmm. um, be it having uh, a tasting with the, the brewers with um, their farmhouse series or when they did their first uh, hazy IPA or was it the hazy IPA? Yeah, I think it was the hazy yeah. IPA where they were pulling it right off the canning line. And, and, you know, like there's different ways to get you to think about what a release is and what makes that experience special. and. Yeah, like one of the one of the first major. Well, actually, probably not the first one, but I, I remember standing in line at uh, Mad Tree for the very first Funk Day, mm-hmm. and they were coming around with uh, was it Nucleus the the, the yeah, um, yeah the 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 Braggett or the whatever Braggett, yeah, and they were just coming around like, hey, this isn't out yet, but have you know enjoy it, and right. everyone was like, oh my god, what is going on? Like, it's, it is those little things that like because every I mean. 
I don't want to say bottle releases are outplayed because like that's something that's always going to happen. It's always going to be there. But, you know, just like you were saying, yeah, what how do you differentiate yourself between everybody else? You can only go stand in line down at Listerman so many times. (laughs) But I mean, they got some really good line shares going on down there. But, you know, like but there's also some weekends where there's three places releasing something on the same Saturday morning and you are making a decision then. All right. You know where am I going? And sometimes it, sometimes it might be based off the beer, but sometimes it might be something else, you know, it, make me breakfast and I might go there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'll knows? go anywhere where there's food and beer. <laughs> um, let's crack up in something else while we're rolling here. Oh, we never did this. Oh man, we're going to get kicked off the internet. We have to, um, from the beer fridge. Shit. We'll get, we will get kicked off the internet for not playing that. Um, <laughs> Do you guys want to do this one next? Yeah. Um, so yes, that I, you've become the designated pour. Apparently, I'm the pour. <laughs> uh, the, the guy who poured the beer all over his leg last time. <laughs> this should be easier to, to pour. Um, so because it's from a normal size can. Right. <laughs> this starts a bigger conversation that I think is a fun one. Um, awards. So this is Cincinnati's GABF award-winning uh esb esb a um i they teased online um a can that was a a golden can and i think that that would just be like this this brilliant really fun thing to do to release the same beer in golden cans that said like happy esb or something on them i think it'd be really fun i think it'd be amazing um we've all had this beer before right like it's right um, shocking what it is, but we should, I don't know if we've ever tasted it on the show before. So <laughs> first for everything. So happy Amber from mad tree. If you guys didn't you know, pick up on that by now. Yeah. And some of the, the joking that we were making is it's called happy Amber. The can says Amber ale. It won a gold medal for extra special bitter. bitter. Yeah, right. Um, but that's kind of a big conversation on these beer competitions and beer styles and what that really means to the beer judges versus what these styles mean to the consumer and what the, and and there's oftentimes, you know, a difference there. You know, if you were to ask me what this beer is, I'm going to say, well, mad tree says it's an Amber. So it's an Amber, it's an Amber, right? Right. Right. But then they enter it as an ESB. So obviously they believe that the flavor profile matched up with that, uh, the BJCP guideline and the beer judges agreed. So, it's pretty interesting i'm I'm also that person where you know i've never been one to you know study beer styles and you know what are the exact parameters that makes it you know this versus that or whatever and i'm not saying i follow what's on the can necessarily but i mean i just like you know it's a good beer it's a good amber apparently it's a great extra special bitter well it's it's funny because like what is the point of a style like it's to give you an idea about what the beer is going to taste like before you taste it so that you can walk into a brewery and know what, what it is like. I mean, are there, are there too many beer styles at this point? Is it getting too kind of split up and defined into these different things? If so, why? Like why, why are we like getting so concerned about, um, a hazy IPA versus a new England IPA. What, you know, uh, you know, that's a fantastic question. Those are different styles. Like why though? No. Um, you know, I think we're to the point where I think it's it's a it's a it's a result of 
how many breweries there are out there and all these breweries are doing so many experimental things. And now we're like, Oh my gosh, like there's so many beer style. Like what, what is a Midwest fruit tart? Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, there, there's a brand new style, like, which was basically invented right here in Cincinnati by urban artifact. But at the same time, like there's, there's so much more room. There's so many more beers and they just, they need, they need to somehow label them all. So, but you know, like to me, like when, when you look at the cans that urban artifact does, like, yes, they have some kind of style written on their, none of their styles are real styles. You know, a Berliner style, pale ale, um, Midwest fruit tart, like there are all these things that are just like their idea of what the spear is, which is, which is great. But they, on their cans, they have three words along the top that, in a perfect way describe what that beer is it's yeah. one describes the color one describes how tart it is and one kind of describes the flavor and that's all you really need to know about is our is how how tart is this am i gonna pucker up like any eating a warhead or something or is it a little more approachable and then what's it taste like and uh, maybe that's kind of the way things should go is that you have some kind of very brief fast, easy description on things so that people look at it like, right, this is dark, roasty and bitter, you know, like, and then that, that tells you what that, that beer is. I don't, I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, that's what, that's what untapped is great for. You can research a brand there or that's what it's good for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who uses untapped for that? Seriously. It's no, all but badges. I, I can't, I mean, no, seriously. Like, I mean, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I really am that person who, if I'm at a bar, I oh, see yeah. a beer that I've never had. And like, that's the first place that I go. Like, let me read what it says. Although I will say half the time it's regurgitating what's on the packaging that right. doesn't really tell you much about it. And you're yeah. just like dead in the water. And then <laughs> it's better. Don't even get me started about the reviews. Because <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's still better than when you go to like a, a, a chain restaurant or something and there is something good on tap, but you've never had it before. And you ask your, your waiter or waitress and they're like, oh, think it's an ipa and oh you, great that, thanks that is a whole nother whole nother thing you know how many times i went to quaker steak and loom and they told me they had uh mount caramel nut brown and they come out with uh the amber right and i'm like you got what what <laughs> That's don't even get me started one of my biggest yeah. pet peeves is when you're somewhere and they don't know what something is but yet they give you an answer anyways and it's like if you don't know either tell me you don't know and then just leave it at that or go find somebody else and get a description go pour a little sample and bring it to me and say i don't i have no idea what it is you sound like you might know you tell me you know so like it's it's so simple to yeah. to, to fix that but so you're telling me the next time you get a happy amber at a restaurant you're gonna be like excuse me this is happy this is, esb this okay is ESB. <laughs> um, but i you know i i don't know the difference between an amber and an esb i guess um to me an ESB was always maltier than an amber, but I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily true anymore. I, I, I don't mean, we're, know. We're not beer judges. I have no I idea. Mean, well, according to Madtree, it's more or less the same thing and that's okay. And, and I, and I agree. I think the number of styles is a direct result of the experimentation and people striving to, first of all, describe what they've made, but also stand out. And I think that's one of the key things like with the urban artifact or any of these people that are creating new styles, Yes, it is something new, but I think they also realize if you want people to try it, you have to give them a reason to. Right. And if every beer was called the same thing, you know, most consumers wouldn't understand the difference. Um, it makes it complicated to get into craft beer, but 
once people start finding those unique styles that they like, then kind of latch on to them and kind of grow from there. Um, it's getting a little out of hand. I, I would agree. Um, even when people that drink beer all the time don't even have a clue what these new beer styles mean, it becomes a little challenging to keep up. Well, and I think that there's a lot of people that get an idea in their head about what a beer style is. And to them, that's what it may be. Whereas to somebody who is BJCP certified or whatever, maybe something a little bit different mm-hmm. to somebody that's been, you know, homebrewing for years and doesn't, you know, play around with, with, you know, commercial beer doesn't really enter competition stuff. They may have a completely different idea. Like there's, you can get these different ideas about what a style is. And, um, Amber's honestly are, are to me a good example of that. You know, I, I don't know what the BJCP guidelines for Amber are, but there's a whole lot of Amber's that I've had that are nice and malty and sweet like this. Which when you know when they brewed it up, they probably thought it was a little hoppier than that. But you know, like the, <laughs> you taste some of these ambers that are out there now, and there's a ton of hops in them. It's almost a, a pale ale to me. I don't know if that's right or wrong. My impression of what the style is, mm-hmm. but you know, that's that's what I taste. No, I've always thought that happy amber was hoppier than I think it's going to be. Every time I get it, yep. I'm like, this, oh, this is a little hoppier. This doesn't a little taste more bitter. super hoppy to me. And I, I would say bitter. I, it's got a little more of a, a bitter bite to it than I think I'm going to get out of an amber. I still like it. Still a great it's beer. Super does fresh. Does it list the, IBUs on, um, on there? It doesn't do I have on to there. Con, do I have to consult on Zapped? <laughs> yeah, yeah. the nodingum.com would probably have the information too. But um, Unta- this is untapped is faster. This, this, sorry, <laughs> this was, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Get out of my basement. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Josh signing off. <laughs> the the uh, this was canned on uh, um, eight seventeen, so it's a month old, which isn't nah, that's, old for you nah. know a beer. It's, nope. So the hops haven't dropped off or anything. It's, you know, but I do remember it being hoppier than this. And I don't know if that's my perception. I don't know if that's because now it's an ESB. So in my head, it's not. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> yeah. My phone doesn't work in your basement. Apparently. I thought we connected you to the Wi-Fi at one point. Um, I can look it up here. Hey, what's your, what's your Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> I could think of a couple of really funny jokes to to use for it. Um, no, pretty pretty I, fly, pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. <laughs> I would say overall, I'm really happy that Mad Tree won an award. They're a favorite locally. I mean, they're doing great things. They they reach. I don't know if they still reach the beer nerds like they used to with the, with some of the stuff that they're doing. I still think they do. I, th- I mean, overall, they're, they're, for, they're for the record. How many? 30. 30. 30. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, overall, you know, their tap list in their tap room is amazing all the time. The variety they have is great. They reach the the average or normal beer drinker just as much as they reach anyone else. And there aren't a lot of breweries that can do that, that can, you know, span that that gap between the, the beer nerd and the just the. Do they drinker. have the best variety for a tap lineup in Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Or is there somebody that's got them beat? I mean, was it thirty six? Like straight, ver- not only I mean, not only number, but straight Just variety. Di- different where, things, you know. Because I was there this week, actually, and you know, you could go in and you know get like Let's- Axis Mundi, uh, you know, Chura style with you know this and that, or you know they had a Goza, and then they have. Um, you know, a barley wine and mm-hmm. they got the happy amber and they got uh, blank brown and, <laughs> you know, I, I honestly think they probably do have, at least for a variety. <laughs> I think so. Let's roll through their tap lineup right now just to see, um, via untapped. 
Are we sponsored like, by them yet? Uh, no, not yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Psychopathy Lift, Happy Amber, PSA. Um, Axis Monday, which I feel like is becoming part of their core lineup now yeah, almost. Pretty, pretty they've done a really good time, job yeah. of keeping that on. Um, they also have their seasonals, which they've got Pumpkin and Shade, um, Pilgrim, Luna Lux. Oh, that's on already? Yeah. Oh, man. And I think Cans are this now. week or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Rounding third. <laughs> so they have like these that's... whole different seasons. <laughs> them. Uh, Soul Drifter, Blood Orange Psychopathy, and then Limited, they've got Identity Crisis, Nitro Churro, Axis Mundi. It's so good. Gnarly Brown, I will call it that. S'more Gratitude, which I'm guessing is a s'mores Which beer. is served <laughs> with a toasted marshmallow on top. <laughs> East meets West. I have no idea what that is. It's an IPA, which doesn't, again, doesn't tell me anything. Uh, Marzen's Attack. Uh, a, a, a fruit beer called Thorn. Soda. De Peach a la Mode fruit beer. Happy Amber with Orange and Cinnamon. A Barley Wine. A Blondale. A Kolsch. Um, I think that settles it, though. You know? Yeah, but that's, that's a pretty varied lineup of stuff yeah, outside of something that's like super aggressive sour or something that's hazy <laughs> well that probably one the only that one that might the east, the east, east meets, west. yeah that yeah. might be yeah yeah i mean and they've kind of said that they're not really all in on this whole new england ipa hazy ipa thing so i'm not ever surprised when i don't see those there and i'm not offended by it either because again, even the ones they that have, they've really you know the the from the sensorium series you know those are those are New England IPAs, yeah. even though they don't tell you they are. <laughs> <laughs> Unfiltered IPA, right? Um, so uh, to you guys, why is winning an award? So this is, I don't know if we said GABF award winning. We said it was award winning. It's uh, the best ESB in the country as of right now, according to the Great American Beer Festival. Why is that important? Why do we care? Do we care? Why does Madtree care? Do they really care? I, you know, I, and this is kind of going back towards when we were talking about how many styles there are nowadays, you know, uh, and, and, and I'm going to say this and, and I don't mean offense to anyone or, or whatever, but you look at like, let's say fat heads, right? That is, that is a very large award winning brewery. They've won a lot of awards on a lot of their beers. And when you look on the side of it and you're like, Oh wow, like this beer won like eight medals or whatever, like after a certain point, you're like, well, I mean, I guess it's good. I've had it, right. you know, but in, in, and then looking at the amount of, um, the different styles out there, you know, have, all these breweries are able to get a medal, you know, in so many different styles and there's so many medals being given out each year. Like it's not as exclusive as it used to be, you know, I don't know. Is it as exclusive and like, you know, notar- you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I will 100%. I respect breweries <sighs> who earn medals. I think it's great. I think it's a, a great thing to achieve, but does it matter what the medal is and where the medal is earned? Cause uh, I know, think with, a medal's a medal. When you talk about, you know, GABF, we, it, as far as breweries in Cincinnati goes, and we're going to leave Hugh to pull out of it for now because that was the, the we're, you know, in the early 90s, Little Kings racked up a whole bunch of medals right. at those early GAVFs. <laughs> um, aside from that, th- nobody's won more than two medals, and that's um, Brink and, and Fred, or, uh, Brink and 50 West have both won two. Like, nobody else has won that many. Is it two on the same beer? Or? Uh, with um, 
No. Uh, Brink won for Hold the Reins. Uh, Hold the Reins 50 West, years in 50 West might have been. Not GABF, though. What was it last year? What did they win last year? They, Hold the Reins. Last year was Hold the It was a different competition, I think. Oh, okay. Um, was it the US Beer uh, Open or something? Uh, oh, well, yeah. No, or no. Uh, it was uh, the... Um, the the Brewers Association, the was it the World Beer World Cup, Beer Cup maybe I yeah, um, but I th- I think um, Fifty West did win for ten and two both years I believe okay so they won for the same beer but as far as medals from this t- competition which is the biggest beer competition in the United States you know we we haven't really won that many I mean we've won a lot as a city but as far as breweries go like it's it's it is a more rare thing to to win True. medals there. Now, I think with these awards... Unless, unless you're fatheads. <laughs> I, I think it means something, but I don't think it means what most people think it means. So all of these styles that you can win uh, these awards for, it's all based on brewing according to the style guidelines. Right. It does not mean that it's a beer that the consumer wants. And I say that not it, in an offensive way, but just in a real way. And if anything, it means the opposite of innovation as well if you think about it mm-hmm. because it's it's, tradition it's, as well i mean right. unless you win so for so what it means if, if you think about it like yeah. you know if wh- whoever wins extra special bitter next year that beer better taste exactly the same as a happy amber technically technically right? <laughs> or, right? Better. Technically. <laughs> or better or better or better but but i mean so what it means is the brewer is able to brew a beer according to the style guidelines so what it means is the brewer is really talented. They're able to take the style guidelines and make a beer that fits it, and that's that says a lot. So what to me what the awards say is the brewing team knows what they're doing. So a great example, we just brought it up, Brink won for Hold the Reins last year in their first year, and a lot of people were asking about that beer, and they made a bunch more of it, and they sent it out, and people asked me about it, and I said, Brink's amazing. Hold the Reins is a good beer, but I don't really go crazy about the english I mean, mild it might not be style. your style though you know and i don't think most people do. so when i had other people try they're like oh it was good but i like all the other stuff better and i'm like well but that's not what that award was for it wasn't the most popular beer or the one that we thought was tastiest you don't want the most popular <laughs> beer to have an award because it's just gonna be bud light <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point so i just don't think the awards mean what they what people think it means it doesn't mean that hey this this beer is going to be the best thing you've ever tried it means it's a high quality made to style beer but what i think means for the city is totally different so we talk about like beer tourism i think that starts to mean something when we have breweries in the city that win awards on a regular basis it gives people a reason to come visit amen to that i think that's the one thing that we've been missing um is you know i think a lot of people overlook cincinnati when they're looking at a possible place to go for beer uh for like a beer vacation or even if they're just passing through uh, so I agree. I mean, and you know, from what I said before, I'm not discounting whatsoever, you know, like winning medals is amazing for the brewery and it's amazing for the city for sure. Well, and when you look at the city, like in the last, uh, boom, I guess is what we'll call it. So since, you know, since like mad tree opened since about that time at GABF, we've won, I say we, but you know, Brink has won two GABF medals. Um, I mentioned 50 West won two. Moreline has won one. Madtree won one. We talked about that. Um, Eight Ball, rest in peace, won one. Listerman won one. 
uh, Rheingeist won one, and Taft's won one. Like that's 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 like all of our major breweries just about that have that have won medals at this this competition, and you know they all hold those beers to very high esteem, and you know rightfully so. If anybody hears the screaming child in the background, I'm very sorry. She's very angry upstairs. <laughs> she does not want her bath to end, I'm guessing. It's bedtime. <laughs> um, so going on the same lines, um, this is Moosey from uh, Brink. This is their award winner of the year, which, um, you know, no offense, Madry, I will take a milk stout over Happy Amber any day because it's, especially this time of year, I think it's just, it's fantastic. I love it. Ah, I agree, but I'm I'm also one of those people who I'm going to drink an imperial stout or a milk stout in the middle of 90 degree summer too. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I will too. This and this this is a nice milk stout in that it's got a good, really good sweetness to it. The ABV is a little bit. Well, I can't read what they have written on the can there, but I have 6.2 written down in my notes. Uh, that looks like six it looks like a 6.0. Um, so it's it, yes, it's a little high, but not really like six percent that's almost sessionable yeah. and it's <laughs> yeah, i sure. and i do i like the sweetness but i think it's not too overly sweet a lot of times you drink you know a milk style like this and it's like a sugar bomb and mm-hmm. you're like drinking like spiked chocolate milk basically <laughs> like well and it has that nice roast especially in the aroma that i think helps balance out the sweetness um, not every milk stout has that. A lot of them seem a little thinner, um, a little softer on the on the aroma. Not this one. They really put a lot of flavor into it. Yeah, there's a lot of coffee going on. I'm a big fan of Brink. It's uh, the closest brewery to my house. Um, they have won some awards with the things that they're doing. <coughs> and again, for a small brewery, their selection is very strong normally as well with the range of styles that they're doing. So that's so always nice. The big thing for them this year was not only did they win um for this beer they also won very small brewery of the year Mm -hmm. which doesn't sound like much when he's a very small brewery or whatever how many other very small breweries are there in america very small breweries right now that that's that's probably i would think the biggest category and that that's the hardest one to win i mean that's the most important award anyone in cincinnati won at gabf absolutely easily um and you know this beer alone so um keep in mind brink has only been open for two years not even two years yeah. a year and a half months yeah. um, so they won right after they first opened a bronze at the denver international beer competition which might be one of those medals that people kind of say oh well, that's you know whatever medals a medal they follow that up with a gold at the u.s beer um ch- competition a bronze medal at the world beer cup a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Competition, a silver medal at the Ohio Craft Brewers Cup, and then a gold medal at GABF. I mean, that's regardless of what competitions they are. That's that's a lot of people recognizing a, a lot, beer a and saying hardware. that it's a good beer, and that yes. you know that says something. It's don't think that other breweries aren't entering as many competitions. They're entering them. They're just not winning for one beer the way this is mm-hmm. As, well i guess 50 west has racked up a lot of a lot of medals for 10 and 2 and for um uh is it going plaid i believe is one of yeah going plaid one as well and again talk about that very small brewery i i heard that it's anything that's a thousand barrels or less which is going to include it's, a ton of breweries right. any neighborhood brewery 
really any brewery that's been open probably less than two years. I mean, and I mean a, lot of, a lot of them that are more than that too. I mean, the, yeah. mo- the majority of the at least newer breweries in Cincinnati all follow all fall all under fall that. under yeah. that. Yeah, and, and you got to think. So that's one award. When we talk beer styles, there's a ton. Of, there's what 150 different beer style categories or something, maybe higher. So it might be, it might be higher. Than that. There's a lot of awards to give out. Very small brewery award. There's one of them. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, that's very impressive. Um, I think they're still doing good things. And, and I think, again, kind of like fretboard that we talked about earlier, they do some traditional things. Not a ton of them, but a few of them. But they also do the new stuff as well. And they focus on a lot of variety. And the quality is always there. And um, it's impressive. It really is. It is. And I, you, you walk in that place and it's always busy. But it doesn't feel busy. It's small. But it's not too small. Like they've got this this really great, um, this great middle ground that they're playing with right now. And I I don't know. Um, like I said, they're eighteen months into it. They 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 don't know what the future looks like yet. They don't you know what does Brink two look like? Who knows? <laughs> you know, like they're they're still so early in this 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 whole journey of being a brewery. It's 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 crazy right. to think about how many people are talking about them this early on and what that means for them. But, but I'm hoping we see a lot more of exactly who they are. And, and we are, we have started to see that. We're always going to have big breweries. I think that's great. But these neighborhood breweries are amazing. They work off, I believe, a seven-barrel system. It's not big, but it's plenty big enough to do what they're trying to do. And if every community had one of those, I think we'd be a, a pretty happy city. Um, I think it's the future. Yeah. I mean, you know... At least when you're talking... Well, I mean, a lot of my friends are beer nerds, so this is a subjective statement but um you know most of my friends would rather go to a brewery than any bar mm-hmm. ever oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. ever you know and there you know a lot of people say there's so many breweries in cincinnati and we're getting to the point where it's too many we're there's too you know we're to the point where the larger breweries are definitely saturated but there's there's still open neighborhoods for corner corner breweries, mm. I think that's the future. But but the question too, if you're a place like Brink, and you've got this seven barrel system, and your tap room is full every night, and you are you're burning through beer as quick as you can make it, are you the perfect size, or do you wish you would be bigger? I I bet uh, if we had Kelly a, sitting here right now, and I said, do you wish you had a bigger brew system? I bet uh, he would say he yes. Would say, Hell yes. Uh, <laughs> and a little more ceiling height and a little more elbow room. That's <laughs> an interesting question because, you know, if you ask me, I don't think there's more room in Cincinnati for like a Rheingeist or like a Mad Tree sized brewery. Could Brink make it if they like, let's say we're talking like Brink three, five years later. Could they be that size and could they be successful? I mean, yeah, for and, sure. And but. there's there's a big difference between like a Mad Tree, a Rheingeist, and even like a fretboard, like the size difference. So like right. could Brink get up to maybe a 15-barrel, 20-barrel system and still be, you know, doing a little bit of packaging, a lot more draft, you know, have, mm-hmm. have some um, tap handles for the city. I think they could do that and still be safe. I'm with you. If anyone wants to jump up and start putting in a hundred barrel systems and start cranking out, you know, regional distribution, I think that's a tough game right now. Yep. Doing um, it wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, even, you know, Madtree is as big, you know, they've got the, the, well, 
aside from a couple of people that don't really talk about how big of their burr system is in, in Cincinnati, uh, Matry, they're on a hundred plus bar- I think it's 126 barrels or something officially. Um, and they're in what three States, Ohio, mm-hmm. Kentucky, Tennessee, I think. As far as I, I know, I yeah. don't think, I don't they're, think they're in, in Indiana. Indiana. No, I, not yet. You know, they're, that's crazy. Like that's yeah. to think about this, how big they appear to us here in town and how not big they really are. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, even Rheingeist, I mean, yeah, yeah. they they have a little bit bigger footprint than like Madtree does, but you know, you could go even like three yeah, or I four guess, States guess, over. I like, guess when you look, I guess we shouldn't be comparing brew house size. Right. We should be comparing, you know, volume of what people are putting out. Right. But I mean, you know, just, just, you know, think of like the biggest breweries here. Like you could go down to, I don't know. I'm just going to throw it out there. You go to Texas, right? Are they going to know Mantry or Ryan guys? <coughs> Probably so, not unless they're super beard nerds, but correct. Yep. How many know. States is Ryan guys? So Ryan guys is the 33rd biggest craft brewery in the United States. And how many States are they in? I know, um, obviously Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, um, Tennessee. I, I believe I think they're in Tennessee. Tennessee um, they're in they're Boston. Boston. They're Boston. in like Massachusetts, maybe New York or something. They're ciders or something like Possibly. that. So we'll, we'll say five, maybe six states, right? Somewhere around like that's that. The thirty third biggest brewery right. in the United States, yeah. and they're five or six states, ten percent of the states. It gets, it's it's just it's they crazy. They just sell a lot of beer right here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I, you know, I'm I'm curious to how that how that looks to them. Are, you know, do is that still a model that you look at and you're happy with keeping pushing into that that regional status? And I, you know, we're going to be talking to Madry in a, in a few weeks. And I think that's probably going to be a big chunk of what we talk about because everybody says that that's the wrong way to go now. And yet here they are with a $20 million brewery that they're all in on that idea of (laughs) being a regional brewery. Well, I mean, if they are paying the bills and they are selling their beer and circulating it, then, uh, you know, why, why, you know, why fault them for anything? And and, and not to, not to fault them at all, but you know, you, you, walk into mad tree on you walk into mad tree on a saturday because you can't just walk in you know it takes you a while to find it a parking you space an hour to park and then you have to <laughs> fight through the crowd to get to the bar and then you have to wait in line to get a beer because it, that place is packed on the weekends they fill it up so if you've got this this big brewery you know how how much beer do you want to send out or do you just build a massive tap room and you know if you're selling that much beer here you're selling that much beer here maybe you know, you know i i don't know what the well i think they're doing both i mean i think that's the craziest thing about it is it used to be you had to pick a game plan right okay all in on distribution or nope we're going to do the tap room thing and we're going to stay small and i don't know if they did it on purpose or not but <laughs> i don't i don't think, so. I think it just happened <laughs> yeah I think there was a lot of oh shit oh shit <laughs> I had, a, I had a friend come in from out of town and we went to Mad Tree. We got some pizza and had a few beers. And his comment to me was, do they have a special event going on tonight? And this was a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's like this all the time here. Uh, it's just something kind of special that they have going on there. I think the location is killer, obviously. Oh, yeah. But the tap room is one of the best large tap rooms I've ever been to. Um, there's all types of different tap, tap rooms. And I normally like the ones a little bit smaller. 
But Mad Tree has a special vibe there where it's big, but you don't feel like it's big. Um, I'm curious to to see how some of these places that are opening up a little bit, you know, Sonder is getting ready to open up with a 30-barrel brew house and a big tap room, six and, and, and a half giant acres. Feeder. <laughs> Did you see that on Facebook? Three. Well, yeah, yeah, feeders. they got one right now and then three. <laughs> you know, it, like, they're, I, I don't know that they would say they're going for a regional brewery, though, um, but you look at what the place looks like and it, it feels like that, you know, I, I, I don't know where that i don't know what makes you um decide that that's what you are now versus being able to sell all your beer yeah you know, well you also have to take a look at where they're located i mean you know the uh concentration of breweries are it's much smaller up north right. so you know maybe they could get away with having that larger tap room well, you've and also, larger production you've also got places on you know the other end of the spectrum like uh, Mount Carmel, who's been around forever in Cincinnati beer, uh, I think the majority of their business, you know, safe to say, was distribution for a long time because that's all there was. <laughs> and then this taproom thing happened, and Madry and Rheingeist happened, and these places that taproom business became important, and they were kind of left scratching their head, looking at it like, all right, now how how do we do what people want us to do, and how do we do that without letting the business suffer and without, you know, and it, it became this other kind of issue to have to try to figure out. And they're just now kind of figuring that out and solving that. Have you guys seen the new tap room at, at, at no, Mount Carmel? I've only seen the outside. Good Lord. And I, I, that's all I've seen too. Okay. But, um, Cause I've driven past it. I drew, I, my, my girlfriend lives right down the street. So like I've driven past it so many times and it just surprised me. Like, I, f- I feel like one day I saw like, oh, they're doing something over there. And like three days later, it was like, oh, it's it's, it's right. there. <laughs> you know? It's very big. So, and, it's, it's, and it's open now, right? Is it open? Um, I had heard they were shooting for like mid-September, but hmm. I haven't. But you've been by more frequently than I, I have I know, recently. but I haven't been in there. All right. My mission That's this the, weekend is to go. And you need to go pretend like you're a beer back. blogger again and uh, go oh, let us gosh. know what the hell's going on. I'll be, I'll be your inside man. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break. And um, I want to talk about New Jersey, which I know doesn't make sense right now, but it New will. New Jersey. Um, it will in a little bit because there's some really crazy stuff happening out there that kind of as a as a craft beer fan and as a beer drinker kind of terrifies me to think that there's places that this stuff can happen but um a nice little teaser so you don't tune out <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be back since you broadcast the voice of Cincy craft <laughs> There's no need to be an uptight. Beer, <laughs> beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun <laughs> with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> Listen to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.
This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest harvester. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that crap beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Welcome back. I'm glad you're still listening. I hope you're glad you're still listening. (laughs) Uh, We're still hanging out in the basement. We're still drinking some beer. Um, I want to talk about New Jersey, though. Um, I know, Joe, you said you read the article. Um, Josh, I don't think you, we kind of I gave you like a little it. breakdown of it when we kind of sat down. Uh, New Jersey's doing some really crazy stuff right now. Uh, how, so I need to pull up the article while, um, we're describing it so that I can read all of these new laws that the, the state has put in place on, I, I guess just craft breweries or, you know, I guess you could probably yeah. say every brewery, but yeah, I mean, every, I, I don't know that it's every. It might just be a size thing. I don't know. I'd imagine it's places that have like on-site production, on-site consumption type scenarios where breweries would fall into that category. Um, it's not beer friendly, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, and as you look at the article, the article here, you know, obviously the details we'll dig into a little bit. They are claiming that the brewery association of New Jersey or whatever it might be was involved in the discussions about this. But if that was the case, I'm sure they had to be, had to be kicking and screaming in the entire time with these new laws. I, I, I can't imagine that you would, they would be involved and let something like this happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so this is from NJ.com, which I guess is a New Jersey.com. Um, 
The article says some of the changes breweries are facing include the following. Breweries can now only hold 25 special events, such as paint and sip nights, trivia nights, live televised sporting events, and live music nights. So between all of those Whoa. things, you can only per do... Per year? Um, I this, believe that's per year. It doesn't uh, say, but I believe it doesn't it's per say. year. Um, the other ones all say per year. Um, what? Breweries are limited to 12 special permits a year to sell products off the brewery premises, such as festivals, athletic events, and other civic events. Breweries are limited to 50, 52 private parties, such as birthdays, weddings, or anniversaries what? a year. They must electronically notify the ABC, which is their um, version of like the, the, the TTB, you know, the state um, governing body of over alcohol, 10 days prior to holding their, that event. The private um, event? Yes. Yeah, so so like weddings, if you have a birthdays. birthday party... You, you can't call hey. them eight days and say, I've got a birthday. Like, hey, New Jersey, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, this also notice, notes that the breweries did gain the ability to sell such items as water, soda, prepackaged crackers, chips, nuts, and other similar snacks. Wait, they couldn't sell water before? No. Well, I, yeah, I, mean, I guess you couldn't sell water or soda, and there, there's probably ways... I'm sure people have what? found ways around yeah. that, but... Um, Customers can still bring in their own food, but the brewery can no longer have restaurant menus available or coordinate with other vendors, such as food trucks, to provide food. So I guess, I guess technically a food truck could just show up, but you can't coordinate with them. Right. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I, and a lot of this, I'm sure we'll see how it all, how people get around what they can or if this all it's really bizarre because one of the things we just talked about was how like these beer releases are more than just about the beer people go to breweries for more than just the beer it's the community it's the activities i mean you talk to any brewery uh you know Westside is great about it you know they have a whole calendar on their website every night there's something going on there because that's they know that's what their customers want. Ask Ryan guys how many weddings they did last year. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, they have an entire side of their business just dedicated to those special events. Right, right. Um, there, is, there is a note in here that this says it is a special ruling, and it's on a temporary pilot basis. So the information garnered through this pilot will be used to create official regulations. So if there's enough of a backlash and if people make a big enough stink about it there is a chance that this just won't how, happen how many breweries but, are in new jersey do you know uh, definitely less than 100 i think 80 I said 88. 80 something okay. um so i mean i'd still be raising a fuss like that i mean they're basically committing craft beer suicide i mean why well you're crippling the, like oh brings, my, just, that's that's a great point. i'm not even why? from there and i'm mad um <laughs> i my assumption, I think the assumption that a lot of people are having is that there's some money behind this from either some restaurant lobbyists mm-hmm. or big beer or distilleries maybe, but I don't Possibly, even think that, but, though, I, but I think, yeah. but I can see like a, you know, a New Jersey bar association or whatever, where it's, you know, all not the law kind, not, not, the, <laughs> not, not that kind of bar, but like, you know, because you got to think, you know, like you said, your friends don't even go to bars anymore. Yeah. They go to breweries. I am positive that the bar scene is hurting. Sports bars are seeing less traffic because people are at breweries. So people got upset about it, and they're like, well, let's lobby for some some rules to kind of get people back in our doors. Um, I'd be terrified if this happened in Cincinnati. 
I like to think that this couldn't happen in Cincinnati. I feel like that there would be riots in the street and people um, wouldn't allow something like this to happen or, um, well, you so there and there's a way around this though if you think about it. So uh, I recently went to Florida, um, you know, a couple months ago, and don't quote me directly on what the laws are down there, but they have actually have super restrictive hours uh, when breweries can operate, and uh, and it, it's in conjunction with how much beer they are allowed to sell on premises versus how much they distribute. Right. So it's weird. So you get down there and you're like, oh man, like you can't do like you can in Cincinnati. We were like, okay, after dinner, we're going to hit up like two or three breweries. Like, no, you only have time to hit up one because they're closing at like seven o'clock at night, you know, <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> uh, so, uh, Grayton Brewing down in, I don't know, I mean, it's Destin ish area, um, down there. They just opened up a, uh, Technically, it's literally just a restaurant. They don't brew beer there, but they own the restaurant. Like, that could be a way, hmm. if that law does stick, <clears throat> right. those breweries could open up a restaurant or a bar, right? Well, like, I wonder if they could get around with that loophole. Like, and that's, you know, a, you know, could you, as a brewery, have a separate business that all they do is host events, you know, right. host weddings? But then that also comes into this 12 special permits a year to sell products. Uh, festivals that maybe that you know does that well, play into i mean that? if you get yeah, the, if you get the correct licensing for that second location uh where you could sell beer well i don't know if they do self-distribution there so you know that would actually that would suck to have to go through a distributor to sell your own beer to yourself so well, I, I have a feeling they don't God. have self-distribution it's just, yeah. just, just based on like if they have laws like these this, laws. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, with with the not having not being able to coordinate with outside restaurants, like I feel like there's a lot of easy ways around that. Too. I want to talk to the person who sponsored this. Like, <laughs> I want to talk. Is there a name? Um, like, I kind of not, not in this. I legitimately, and I'm, I'm not an angry email. Like, I legitimately wouldn't be like, hey, like I, I read this. I'm curious. Like, what is your thought process? Like, you know maybe it is the bars or whatever but if you think about it you know breweries are bringing tax dollars into your state that's breweries that's are so huge strange like to me. you're like, damaging i mean obviously not a large um you know taxable you know business but i mean you know in the in the couple comments that i saw on the article when i was reading it earlier the only ones that seemed to be for this were people saying, oh, this is great. You know, I've got this brewery that went in to, behind my house and now it's busy all the time and it's loud, you know, oh. and things like that. And so I, I, I don't know other than that and restaurants and things like that who it could be hurting to have this business. And that's and, unfortunate because that's a zoning issue. Well, well yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> right. The, whoever approved the zoning for that probably made a bad decision like you punish everyone for you know someone right. else's bad decision. I just I, I I can't figure out like what the what the logic behind this is. I mean nothing in my mind other than what you said, like the bar association or I just I cannot wrap my head around why you would ever want to restrict a business like that. Well, it, especially know? with 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 new legislation, it's not like people were skirting around some laws that were already there. And somebody finally said, you know what guys like stop, like you, you know, this, this law exists and you guys are ignoring it. Stop doing that and start, you know, start doing things the right way. It's, it's not like that. This is a, this is new. This is 
we know you've been doing this and I know it's going really good. So let's not do that anymore. Let's try something else. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. And, and it's funny. Look at laws from state to state. More or less. It sounds like in New Jersey, they don't want you to have food at the brewery where other states require you right. to serve right. food. <laughs> if you're a brewery, like, and I know it's state to state and they can do what they want, but it just, <laughs> it just baffles me, you know, the, the variation in uh, laws. So, well, hopefully they push back. They get it's, some of these changes made because that, that's got to be terrifying if they, for anyone that owns a brewery. Well, and at the, at the end of the day, it's all these little remnants of this stupid system we've got set up with after prohibition, you know, with states all figuring out their own thing and nobody saying, hey, let's, let's set up some, some guidelines and then you guys go off of that and, and start building your own thing. It's, it's just... We don't know. You guys figure it out. <laughs> it's the wild craft beer west. <laughs> and some 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 states are very far behind others. You know, we're lucky here in Ohio that we've got some some pretty good laws for breweries now. You mm-hmm. know, considering now we can do tap rooms. Now we don't have ABV limits. You know, things like that. Yeah. It, um, I mean, there's still states that uh, you can't even have a tap room. Right. In the brewery, right? You know, and what was it, Georgia? Like a few years ago, just yeah. passed there. So I mean, like yep. people are still catching up. You know, the, you know, there's states, and I think Georgia was one of them where you could go to a brewery and have samples while you were on a tour, and you could only have X amount of samples or something like that. But you had to charge for the tour. So you know, that's how breweries were doing their tap rooms. They would, you, you know, you show up and you have a tour and you buy the tour, but that's how you get your beer you know, like there were lots of lots of places finding their way around it like that I, I don't know, i'm just i'm glad we don't have to deal with that here <laughs> amen um let's let's talk about kind of other stuff that's going on in cincinnati Are you guys excited about anything you've heard about recently hmm well, I'm, I, I'm getting ready to give away some some well not right the second but um as you're listening to this maybe there'll be some more. I'm, I'm going to give away some this weekend. So you just missed it if you're listening to the show, but I might give away two this week. I don't know to um, this haunted brewery tour that the, uh, oh. the, uh, the brewery district is doing with uh, Cincinnati escape rooms and down, down at Moreline. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Of fun. Yeah. I recently thing. did one of the OT, OTR brewery district tours. Those are a lot of fun. If you want to know the history of Cincinnati and beer and it's just really interesting, but I think that's a great little twist on it. You know, pulling the, the Halloween hype and all that fun stuff and make it a little more exciting. I guess the whole brewery is decked out with yeah. more or less. So to scare you, you know, not, not only do you get like a tour of the brewery, which Moreline's got a really cool space there. I mean, yes. it's, you know, um, underappreciated what they've got going on in OTR. You know, the logger house is beautiful, but OTR is a neat space. Um, so not only do you get a tour of that, um, they also throw in this whole, like kind of a mystery thing going on too so i'll probably have hmm. more to say after i um go to one here but are they are they doing that throughout the whole so month all, of october all through of? october yeah Interesting. and um like i said i'm probably going to give away two tickets this week when you're listening to this if you're listening to it right when it posts so pay attention to social media i guess there is one thing um and it's not it's not cincinnati so please uh forgive me but (laughs) boy well i mean i'm pretty sure everyone in cincinnati is aware of 450 north brewery right they do they're doing their they're the uh, ones make those hand grenades right yes the hand grenades (laughs) they're doing a corn maze beer fest i think it's like their second or third one have you seen that that? yes it looks amazing (laughs) and i i'm i'm really thinking i'm gonna go check it out 
they've, like, they've done I really, this before. I want to go. And it's the third I don't, time. Yeah. I don't know th- why yeah. I hadn't heard about it until this year. I haven't heard about it until this year either. Yeah. And I, I saw the picture and I was like, I am going. <laughs> like, this is happening. So it's, there, it's, There's going to be 4,500 people at that event. The, oh the maze itself doesn't look difficult. You're going to be drinking beer. They don't want to lose people. <laughs> so, no, no, I fully intend to be there. So if you're going to be there, let me know. I will let you know because I, I want to go. I'm trying to convince people to go. So I think it's an hour and a half that's probably worthwhile. There's going to be 60 yeah. breweries yeah. there. But explain to people what it is. Okay, yeah. so 450 North. Is in the middle of nowhere. Okay, it's in Columbus, Corn Indiana. Country. Uh, but they're more or less on a farm. It's actually a multi generational farm. They've had it for a long time. They were a winery for a long time. The last handful of years, they got into beer. And a couple of years ago, they thought, let's do a big beer fest here. But they do a corn maze. And literally, of course. the beer booths are located in the corn maze. So you can see like an aerial shot. And there's like little paths where you can try to take and get from one area to the next. So they've got these yeah. big circular areas cut out with maybe up to 10 yeah, yeah, beer handful. booths. Yeah. Right? So, so you, you kind of just go those. from area to area. Yeah. Or... yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenal idea. I've never heard of anything cool. like it. I've never seen a beer fest like that before. So yeah. I had to mention it because I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. I mean, it's not. It's Cincinnati adjacent. I mean, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, it's um, close. It's, and I think it's probably worthwhile you know, to drive out there. I think the ticket prices are, are pretty fair. And then even after the event, it goes until 5, I think, the corn maze. And then from like 5 to 10, Isn't there they've like got an after, party? an after party with a band and food trucks and, and all this type of stuff. So um, I'm pretty excited about it. Like I said, I intend to be there. I think it'll be fun. Um, but I think that ties hand in hand with what we keep saying is, how do you get people into these tap rooms? Do something different. You yeah. have to be a little crazy. You have to be a little unique. You really have to own it. You know, you kind of joke around about they make hand grenades. You know, they do a lot of post-fermentation beers, and it's controversial, but people know them because of it. So, <laughs> And they kind of own it, too. They kind of say, hey, yeah, we do this. Keep our beer cold or it could explode. And, and that's just kind of how life is when it comes to what you're buying from them. I still don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, and, and Joe had had a really great article about it on his on his website. A Twitter disagreeing um, yeah, that it was great. The, the 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 feedback on the article is all over the place. Yeah. Well, I mean, more or less, my, my, is good. I mean, and, and my take on it is, if you are driving to Columbus, Indiana, to wait a couple hours in line to buy beer, you probably should know what you're buying. Right. And you yeah. should probably know that you need to keep it cold. Yeah. Have a cooler in your car. They, they're not putting these beers on the shelf at Kroger. Right. Or so, why drive that far without a little excitement in your life on the way home? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of the angle. But, I mean, yeah, that was kind of the whole idea of the article was like, hey, let's just be honest about what these beers are. Let's be honest about what we should be doing with them. I, I do. I struggle with it so much because it's like how how do you as a brewery make something that has the chance to blow up in somebody's backseat? And then, and then people but, are cool with it. Well, I mean, you know, people are cool with it or what happens if someone gets hurt? Like, how yeah. does that but go then, into play? Like on on the know. other hand, like think about how many products are out there that yes, they could be dangerous if you don't handle them the right way. And it's like, as long yeah. as people know, do I really have a problem with it? And That's I, true. I, I don't I mean, know. if you cut well, your foot off with a chainsaw, like right. you're not going to sue the so chainsaw. I, and yeah, let's I just guess. All right. look locally. Listerman and Streetside are doing post-fermentation beers. Right. I mean, people love Listerman, and I don't hear a lot of people giving them <laughs> any Doing post-fermentation beers and packaging. There's a yeah, lot oh, yes, of places yes, doing yes, it on, on yeah, draft on because draft. they can have that power Control, over. yeah. Um, 
But let's segue real quick. Streetside is doing an event this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, yeah. Second, second anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. I mean, which can yeah. you believe that place has been around for two years? I feel like it hasn't been that long at all. So, again, you're listening to this afterwards. Yes. Oh, that's but, right. Uh, <laughs> well, it's um, news to us. Uh, I, I will be in the dunk tank at 2 p.m. Oh, my god! <laughs> or I was in the dunk tank at 2 p.m. <laughs> How, still, how was it? I did, it was <laughs> probably cold. <laughs> what I'm guessing right now. Oh, I think just, it's going to uh, be cold. <laughs> so, I don't know how I got talked into it, but it's the wrong time of year for me to Did you get sit. free beer out of it or anything? Uh, no, it was for charity. Oh, okay. So All right. Wounded you know. Warriors are getting uh, hopefully a little bit of money. There we'll you see. go. I mean, if I'm there, I'm going to. I'm going to be there too and <laughs> spend some money. <laughs> they are digging into the cellar and releasing a whole bunch of really fun stuff though too. Or nice. they dug into the cellar and released a whole bunch of fun stuff to, you know, if you're listening so, to I mean, And they have uh, some guest taps too. Uh, obviously a lot of platform and right. then forgive me because I don't remember there's like two or three other ones that they're going to have but uh, and that's exciting. Like, And especially with platform opening soon ish in Cincinnati and the fact that they've done a lot of collaborations. Like, I, uh, I'm curious when platform is opening. So I, I, they did like a, a media event not that long ago and I missed it because something else was going on as my life goes. Um, so I have no idea. I didn't see any follow up articles from anybody that did go. So you guys are all jerks for not writing something about it. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't there either. <laughs> I didn't go. I'm technically not media anymore. <laughs> um, but like I, you know, I we walked by the other night. We went down to that new uh, Luvino place down there, um, oh. and I, I didn't look any different than it has looked any other time I've walked by. <laughs> so yeah, but they've got it. They've got it sealed. I up mean, pretty we good drove so past it. I don't know, like like a week ago or so, but it doesn't look like anything crazy is going on. No, so. So I'm I'm curious what's going on with them. I'm curious what's going on with Sam Adams with their tap room. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally um, forgot about that. Um, I'm really excited about that place yeah. opening up. You we should know. you should email those guys. Uh, you know, uh, Chris left uh, Fifty West to go over there to their tap room, so oh. has to mean that they are getting there. I would know. think so. They're um, bringing somebody on to make some beer. Yeah, so it's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll That's see. We'll see. I, I I'm really excited about that. No, I, I'm I'm excited for that because again, we talk beer tourism, right. or even you know just people in the suburbs trying to find a reason to go down and visit OTR. People know Sam Adams. The casual beer drinker knows and respects Sam Adams, and to have a tap room here is I think it's going to be great. Um, again, you have Sam Adams, Ryan Geist, right there. I never uh, understood line, why they did, uh, never House. had one. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost a no brainer. It was an oversight. It really was I, an oversight, and hopefully, they just knock it out of the park, and it's a first class place. Well, it's you know, I imagine the being at the helm of a ship that big, it's hard to make adjustments as markets change and the craft beer community as a whole changes. We, you know, we we talked about it with you know Mount Carmel and places like that of making adjustments. And Sam Adams is a much bigger ship than Mount Carmel mm. ever was and trying to find a way to um, adjust and adapt to what we want as beer drinkers. I, I don't always want to walk into Jungle Gyms and pick up a six pack of something. Sometimes I want to go to a tap room and I want to sit down. I want to talk to people. And I, you know, I, I want to do it that way. Like that's mm. probably the majority of the times that I, that's the way I want to do it. I'd rather it, so. do it that way all day, every day. Um, so and one of the things I really hope that they do and I think it would be a home run is if they do collaborations with local breweries that are I only can, available I, in their tap room. They haven't said that they're going to do that, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive. You're going to see a lot of that with, with how, how they've, 
you know, even just not on an official level, like the 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 way they've helped people in the community do things. And we, we've seen them work with Urban Artifact, mm-hmm. very um, uh, big, <laughs> yes, you know, very uh, very um, openly um, with their collaboration. I, I, I can, I'm almost positive you'll see more of things like that and them collaborating with people and and even on a bigger scale maybe doing other collaborations that do make it out into other places than just the tap room there but it's gonna be fun i i agree i think it's gonna be awesome what other, else has got you guys excited stuff. um i'm gonna i'm gonna get my sh- sh- shameless self-promotion done here that's right you, uh, since we've talked to you last <laughs> you have uh so i'm not a, i'm not a beer blogger anymore <laughs> i actually uh am heading up march 1st um social media slash content slash marketing department uh and it is a department we have two people (laughs) (laughs) um but uh we on october 4th is the show going to be out before october 4th uh i need a calendar but i think so that's that's next thursday Oh, yeah. This goes up Monday. Monday. All right. So, hey, guys. On Thursday, Thursday, October 4th, (laughs) uh, we are releasing in the tap room uh, on tap a uh, barrel-aged Irish Red, our second barrel-aged beer ever, which is also on an undetermined date will be released in packaging in cans. You said you like those cans. Uh, So, be on the lookout for when that comes out. But So, that's going on on... Uh, Thursday. Thursday, yeah, October fourth. So if you want to get some barrel aged Irish red on, it's amazing. Uh, and we have a ton of other barrel aged stuff that's uh, waiting to come out. But yeah, I, you know, uh, the last time I was there, I don't, I don't have the the date in front of me when that show was when I sat down with them. But um, off the air, I think we talked a lot about some of the things that are in barrels and are, you know, there's being some uh, there's some fun. Things on, that you on know. both side of the picture too, like you know, you, you guys have a very special place right now of being the only brewery, distillery, cidery in Cincinnati yeah. that's that that has a tap room that is open that is, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, and there is some really crazy stuff that not only is already in the works, but that they're playing around with yeah. in their heads. <laughs> Well, let me just say this. We're just getting started. Um, it's 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 pretty nuts the possibilities of some of the things that could happen there. And I think yeah. uh, well, so I think I think you should come visit again. Um, I should. So are these barrels your own barrels or were they brought in? Uh, it's a mix. So okay. our distillery operation isn't the biggest. You mm-hmm. know, we're not like, you know, a huge distillery. So um it's it depends because we've also brought in for instance, we don't make tequila, but we've got some stuff in tequila barrels. Um, you know, we make rum, we make whiskey, and we make vodka. Um, so, you know, just being able to have more barrels to play around with, we just don't have that capacity yeah. at the moment. So it's a mix. Eventually, at least, which, you know, I can't speak for us, <laughs> uh, but eventually I would love to see the majority of our barrels being used uh, back and forth. So, yeah. yeah. So if anybody's ever, um, looked at some of the things that, um, new Holland is doing with mm-hmm. dragon's milk, yep. you know, they've got the beer that is obviously aged in bourbon barrels. They have a, I don't, I guess it's t- 
technically a bourbon since it's finished in a different barrel. I think you can still call it bourbon. I don't I need to actually look into that, but so they have they basically take a a bourbon, age it in a barrel, take it out of the barrel, send the barrel to the brewery, put beer in that barrel, age it in there, then take the beer out and then send the barrel back to the distillery and put bourbon back in the barrel yeah and age it that way we we are going to be able to do <laughs> like, that uh and and this is if you follow our social media um we are building a rick house right. uh, and a storage facility uh, which is going to house our barrel program as well as other stuff it's going to have some cold storage for beer and things like that there but uh, uh that is when our program of being able to age our spirits and our beer in the same place, be able to kind of go back and forth and really grow that internal aging mm-hmm. program. Like that is when it's going to take off. We just don't, like I said, we don't have <coughs> enough barrels at the moment to do everything we want. There's so much we want to do. There's so much we can do and there's so much we can't do. It's like, ah, well, when it yeah. comes to barrels, especially whiskey, it takes years, right? Yeah. So the I mean, gratification. like I said, we got a lot of barrels, but, there's a lot of not beer in it, you know? <laughs> so later on down the road, there'll be some more stuff. So that's good to know. Uh, so uh, if you go back to, um, volume four, episode nine, that was the last time we, um, sat down with, it's probably uh, a long time ago. Like right when March would, 1st first opened. No, 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 no. This was, um, uh, do I have a date? Sorry. I'm, I, I just moved all my notes for anybody that's like a, a note geek like me, I moved everything from Evernote into Bear, and it's been a bear moving everything. So <laughs> is that been, I, actually? I shouldn't ask because I have everything in Evernote. My God, but it's we'll, Bear. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. <laughs> um, so no, that was. Um, let's see, I just lost it here. It was. I just lost it. It was not that long ago. Uh, June, June fourth was the show so it wasn't oh, yeah, it was pretty recent so we oh. we talked a little bit that about, was right before i got hired um, there so. <laughs> we, we we talked a little bit about the the taproom improvements that are coming and the oh my uh, gosh yeah, i can't wait there's some there's some fun stuff coming along on there it's gonna be amazing all right so self-promotion over <laughs> joe <laughs> yeah. feel free to uh to promote away Self-promote. well i think uh, i've been on here enough but yeah craftbeerjoe.com is where you can find my uh, articles. Um, We're going to put all kinds of fun stuff in the show notes, too. I'm getting yeah. better about my show notes and putting links in there and things. It's not where you'll find my stuff, but all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, uh, more Instagram than anything else. Uh, trying to be more active on Untapped. I know there's some hate out there for it, but they're growing the platform. I think it's a fun platform, but uh, no. I try to write things that are interesting, not necessarily Cincinnati-centric all the time, um, but maybe again applicable to beer in cincinnati so that's kind of the the vibe i'm on um for sure like i said gonna be out at 450 north on october 6th so if anyone's going to that you know yeah hit me up on social media we'll have a beer i think that'd be fun um as far as other stuff happening i can't believe there's still more breweries opening like Sonner's <laughs> gonna open you were just at the common, common beer. They're 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 way closer than i think they were willing to say on the <laughs> air but they are they're really close and I didn't wow. realize Justin was over there, so that was exciting right. to hear. Was so. it uh, Cartridge? Um, kind cartridge of, I, came I, out I, of nowhere. I actually yeah. talked to them a little bit today. They're they're getting there. They're still a shell of the building right now. They're right, you know, which they I haven't been up there. I've been to that building before, but I mean, they probably have a lot of work to do. That, that whole concept is pretty amazing. I mean, as far as like creating 
a community around a brewery. Yeah. Literally, it's going to be yeah. a brewery and apartments and retail and commercial well, space. It's, it's going to feel very isolated too, where that building is down. Like, yeah. in, like it's going to be a really cool place to kind of hang out and drink. And but it sounds like they're at least a year away, maybe I, yeah, a year and a half. I don't yeah. know that they've even put out any kind of yeah. hopeful time frame right but now, so but that'll be fun. So, I mean, uh, that's the thing for us, you know, beer nerds, we're always excited about what's new. Um, I'm just happy to see every time I show up to the tap room, <laughs> people are there. Yeah. I um, mean, I th- and new people too. I think I can, officially say since it's public information that cartridge or not cartridge i'm sorry a common beer company is officially licensed by the state of ohio as a brewery so technically they exist they are a brewery they so they can open their doors whenever they want yeah as soon as they have beer (laughs) as soon as they have beer and bar stools i don't (laughs) know if anybody listened to the show they they don't um, have bar stools (laughs) not yet they have some temporary bar stools that will uh um, so they are very good friends with the Wildflower Cafe across the street, and um, got some loner bar stools to hold them over until <laughs> awesome. theirs come in. Like that's so that's how close they are. If anybody um, is curious, <laughs> I had no idea they were that close. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun just watching how things um, keep growing and keep changing. You know, it's it's it 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 blows my mind every time somebody opens to see how they have put their own spin on this this idea that. I mean, you can say has been around for the you know, the last 10 years or so, but it's been around a whole lot longer than yeah. that of this, but what it means to be a brewery and to, um, to continue this whole thing. So it's gonna be fun to watch guys. Thank you very much. Um, everybody's listening. Thank you too. Keep listening. And, uh, uh, you know, follow March 1st, follow craft beer, Joe. Um, you can still follow raging hop too. <laughs> are we I still post things? Are we ever going to get just like your real name and I mean, your one? Well, no, I mean like on your social media, are you just always going to be raging hop? Because... I thought about changing raging hop, but I, I like it too much. I do too. I, well, I'm, I'm of course biased as a gnome, but um, thank you guys. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi craft. <laughs>